guys doing today? Everybody good today? Good. So it's good to see you on this nice, rainy Sunday morning, all right? So I'm glad you guys uh, ventured out and you've joined in with us today. Uh, whether you're here in Conway or you're watching online, just thankful that you're with us. I definitely encourage you, if you're new with us by chance, either online or here, make sure you get connected. Uh, that, that we say all the time as a church, we want to help you find what matters, and that happens best when you connect to Jesus and you connect to others. So if you're in Conway uh, on campus, here, then just stop by the connect wall on your way out. We'd love to greet you there. If you're online, we've got a host and uh, they would love to connect with you that way. All right. Now, before I dive into the message real quick, got to hit a couple things um, that that I want to make sure you're aware of. One is we've launched officially signups for our Shine Prom. All right. Now, if you don't know about Shine Prom, it's one of those things we do every year. It is a phenomenal event. Uh, It is geared for uh, teenagers and adults uh, with exceptional abilities is the way we like to say it, Uh, that that we have some teenagers and adults uh, that just have some special needs, and we put a prom on for them at the end of March uh, so that they can be the kings and queens, all right? And we crown every guest, uh, king or queen, we we crown them with a big dance party uh, in here in our auditorium. But it's not just in here. It happens throughout the entire facility. Uh, so that night, there'll be two or 300 guests just having a party that night. So if you know anybody who maybe has an exceptional ability or a disability, then get them signed up. Make sure that they know about it. But in addition to that, we need upwards to 800 to 900 volunteers. I mean, it takes our whole church putting this together. Uh, people working on the front end, people People working on the back end. And then that night, we like to have two volunteers, two VIPs for every guest. And uh, this year, I already know we have a critical need for guys to serve as buddies. Uh, so I want to encourage you, if you're interested in helping out, jump on the app and just sign up to, to volunteer that night or stop by the Connect Wall on your way out and they'll get you signed up there, all right? Now, the, the other thing I want to share with you is something that we're doing at the very end of this series. Now, the very last week of this series, it's in two weeks from now, um, we're, we're going to talk about getting better by doing what's best and what is best is discerning God's will. And we're going to talk that day uh, in in our services about discerning God's will uh, for you and for your family. Um, But with that, we're also going to offer a uh, parent workshop on how to help your uh, child or teenager discern God's will when it comes to technology and social media. All right, and uh, if you've got a teenager, uh, it's important for you. But but what I'd say is it's especially important for is anybody who's got an elementary child or a middle schooler. That that those are some critical years where kids are just starting to jump onto technology and social media. So we want to give you some resources on how to best do that. So there's going to be a workshop on Thursday night. You can go on the app, find out about it, um, and sign up just to attend. It's not, it's not for your child to attend. It's for you as a parent or grandparent for you to attend so that you can get some tools to help you 
do what is best when it comes to social media and technology for your child, all right? So I want to encourage you to sign up. The, the spots are limited to 50 people uh, due to the size of the uh, venue that we're holding it in, uh, so make sure you get signed up for that, all right? That, that's part of our series because in our series, what we're really trying to do is figure out how do we do what's best how do we do what's best? Because if we do what's best, it will help us to be better. That, that, that that's the whole goal. And uh, we've said that throughout the series that, that we talked about in week one. Say, let's do what is best by putting our family on, uh, building our family on the word of God. Then we said, we'll get better if we do what's best. And what is best is building our family on the word of God. That was week one. Week two, we said, let's do what is best by serving the Lord. Like like look at your individual life or look at your family and say, I want to do what's best. And what is best is simply serving the Lord. And we looked at Joshua when he said, choose this day who you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And many of you went up to our big rock that's over there in the corner, and you wrote your name or your family name on that rock saying, we're going to serve the Lord. And, and if you didn't get a chance to do that last week, then I'll encourage you during the response time, do that today, to, to go up to the rock and say, I want to serve the Lord because that is what is best. Today, we want to hit it from the angle primarily of marriage, all right? Now, if you're single, there's some things I'm going to say that are, that are really going to apply, but, but, but the, the message today is really for married couples thinking it this way. How do you do what is best? And, and if you're to just look at your marriage, all right, and, and if you're to think about how do, how do I look at my marriage, how do I do what is best, one of the best things you can do in your marriage is simply remember the blessings of God. Like today is really all about remembering. Part of that remembering is your wedding date. Okay? Guys and gals, like you should remember your wedding date. You should know the date that you got married on because that day is a day of blessing from the Lord. That, that there's other dates that you should remember throughout your marriage, that, that birthdays you should remember, special things you should remember. That today we're going to look back at our life and going to look back at our marriage and say, how do I remember the blessings of God? And part of remembering the blessings of God comes from the fact that, that for that blessing to take place, many times we have to take a step of faith. Like for me, Friday night, Chris and I went out on a date. And we sat around a table and we, we just remembered the blessings of God. We remembered uh, the day that that we got engaged on December 7th. I remember being at the Church of the Steps in Cincinnati overlooking the city. I remember looking at her saying, honey, I'm going into ministry. I'll promise you I'll love you forever. I can't promise you we'll have any money. Like That's what I said to her because I just didn't know. I was like, I promise you we'll chase the Lord. I can't tell you where we'll live. 
but we're just going to do this together. And then we remember that, that, that we had a chance to, to, uh, to go to some places. We honeymooned in Myrtle Beach 31 years ago. So we went to some places that we, that we first went to on our honeymoon 31 years ago on Friday night. We spent time remembering because as we remembered, we were able to think back upon the blessings of God. And that's a real challenge that I just want to throw out to those of you who are married right now. Is that, that I want you to start thinking about where has God shown up and given you a blessing? Oftentimes it starts with a step of faith. Let me explain that a little further. And I'll do so by just simply opening up the story of Joshua. That, that in Joshua's story, we looked at Joshua chapter 1, and in chapter 1, he said, be strong and courageous and build your life on the word of God. In Joshua 24, we talked about serving the Lord, serving God. Now we're going to turn, go back to Joshua chapter 3. And in Joshua chapter 3, it, it reads like this, that Joshua chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, early the next morning. Uh, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Uh, three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Now, now I want to pause right here because, uh, again, uh, today what, what I really hope that we'll focus on is a, is a rock of remembrance. But before we can get to a rock of remembrance, we got to have a step of faith. And the step of faith happens first in preparation. Like, like this verse is telling us that, that, that Joshua said, purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will be, do great wonders amongst you. That, that basically Joshua is saying, purify yourself today so that you can see the movement of God in your life tomorrow. Now here's a simple question. How many of you all want to see God move in your life tomorrow? Amen? Like, like I think many of us do. That we want to see God move in our personal lives, in our individual lives, in our married lives, in the lives of our kids, in the lives uh, that, that we live when we go to work, at the lives that we live when we go to school. That we want to see God work in our lives. We want to see God do a miracle in our life. We want to say, God, do some movement in our lives. Well, if you really want to see God move in your life tomorrow, start by preparing yourself today. Do what is right today. And Joshua was looking at all the Israelites and he's saying, hey, tomorrow you're going to get to see God do something really cool. But it's going to start by today simply doing what's right. And that idea of purifying yourself, if you go back to the language, it would mean one, rid yourself of sin. Get sin out of your life. The other thing it would mean is do what is right, like do what is right by God. So the Israelites back then, they would have repented, they would have rid themselves of sin, and they would have spent time with God. What many of us are doing right now, that we're sitting with God. I want to encourage those of you who are single, that, that if you're thinking about maybe one day I want to be married, 
That, that if you want to be married, if you're looking towards the future of getting married, do what's right today. Do what's right today so that you can see God move in your life tomorrow when it comes to marriage. Right Now, we're going to have a whole series on that as soon as this series is done. But, but in short, just let me say this. For all of us, if you need to take steps of faith, then it starts by preparing yourself by getting right. And then secondly, once you've prepared yourself, then take a step of faith in practice. All right? Let, let me go back to the text. It reads like this. It says, so Joshua told the Israelites... Come and listen to what the Lord God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. Look at the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priest will carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will cut off, be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and as the Jordan was overflowing its banks, but as soon as the feet of the priest who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance until the riverbed was dry. Then all of the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Now, now when you hear all that, you might get lost in the story. L let me try to just make it, make it real simple. That Joshua said, tomorrow you're going to see the, the Lord move. So the next day happened. He got the Israelites together. He said, 12, choose, uh, choose 12 men who are Levitical priests, all right, and have them carry the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant for the Israelites would have been where the presence of God resided. He said, carry the Ark of the Covenant and go to the Jordan River. And as you're staring at the Jordan River, know that we've got to get to the other side, that we've got to get to the promised land. And when you get to the Jordan River, then we're going to see God work on your behalf, and the Jordan River is going to part. Now, for them, for the Israelites, the last time they dealt with something like this was 40 years ago when they were standing in front of the Red Sea. And as they stood in front of the Red Sea, they got to the Red Sea. They're like, we don't know how we're going to cross. They started freaking out. So Moses lifted his staff, and when he lifted his staff, the waters parted. And it would have been real easy for the Israelites to stand at the front of the Jordan River and say, hey, God, we just need you to do what you did back then. Part the waters. We want to see you work. God did things a little different this time, though. What God did this time is he said, I want you to join in the miracle with me. I don't want you just to stand back and watch the miracle happen. I want you to join in the miracle with me. So rather than getting to the edge of the water and it parting, I'm actually going to make you take a step of faith. See, what he told the Israelites is when you get to the Jordan's edge, that now have those 12 men who are carrying the ark put their feet in the water. Now think about the danger in that. It's at flood stage. The current is rolling. They're carrying the ark. They don't want to mess up the ark. They don't want to stumble with the ark. But God has said, step into the water. Basically, he's saying this, 
you're going to need to take a step of faith. And I think too many times in life, especially in marriage, especially in dating, that we do not take steps of faith because of fear. We have a bad relationship when it comes to fear and faith. That rather than taking a step of faith and practice and doing what God calls us to do, we allow fear to come in. And we say, well, I don't know if my spouse is ever going to change. I don't know if the marriage can ever get better. I don't know if they're ever going to come to Christ. And we let fear keep us from where faith can take us. I think the same thing happens in our dating world. That for those of you who are single, that you'll be like, I don't know if I can ever find a spouse. I don't know if, if, if I find somebody, if there's any way in the world would ever make it because everybody in my family has always been divorced. That, that people say, I don't know if we can get married because I, I don't know if we'll ever have enough money or I'll ever find the right person. We let fear keep us from where faith can take us. And what I want to challenge you to do today is rather than have fear over faith, have faith over fear. Allow faith to be over fear. And just like these Israelites and these 12 guys who were carrying the ark, they had to have enough faith to put their foot in the water. And when they put their foot in the water, they then saw the movement of God. For some of you who are married... And there's been some struggles in the last few years. Put your foot in the water. Put your foot in the water with your marriage. And say, I'm going to have faith that God is going to go with me and he is going to work our marriage out. That I'm going to have faith as I step into marriage and I'm going to submit and I'm going to surrender and I'm going to serve my spouse. Not out of fear that's thinking that they'll take advantage of me or that this is going to go wrong. But in faith, I'm going to follow what Jesus called me to do. In faith, I'm going to forgive when what my spouse did seems unforgivable. In faith, I'm going to look at my marriage and I'm going to say, I'm not going to allow dullness in, but I'm actually going to push towards life and towards a vibrancy in marriage. That I'm going to let faith win out over fear. If you want to see the movement of God in your marriage, in your life, then prepare and then practice by walking in faith. And then as you practice that, remember the blessing of God. See, think about it. There's steps of faith all along. When you asked her to marry you, that was a step of faith, right? Like, will she say yes? You know, when you decided to have kids, that was a step of faith. When you decided to change careers, that was a step of faith. When you decided to move to a new place, that was a step of faith. When you decided to forgive, that was a step of faith. It's steps all along that you're saying, God, I need you to show up. God, I need you to move. God, I want your blessing in this. And then as he shows up and does it, then I simply encourage you, put down a rock of remembrance. Go back to the story. Here's what I mean by a rock of remembrance. It says, when the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. 
Tell them, take the 12 stones from the very place where the priests were standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up a stone and carry it out on your shoulder. Twelve stones in all, one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will, be, will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. That, that what you see going on is these Joshua choosing these 12 men. After everybody had crossed. And then with these 12 men, Joshua saying, hey, I want you 12 of you to go back to where the other guys are carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And I want you to pick up a rock. Pick up a rock. And notice where he says it. Pick up a rock from right where the, the Ark of the Covenant is. And when you grab that rock, put it on your shoulder. So, so what we know is it was... Uh, not a small rock, right? It wasn't a huge, massive boulder like that because they had to be able to carry it and they had to be able to carry it on their shoulders. And so these 12 guys, they put these rocks on their shoulders and they walk out of the, of the Jordan River and they get to the bank. And when they get to the bank, Joshua says, now take those rocks and place them as a memorial, as a memorial that will remind us and all the future generations, what God has done in our life. And so for the Israelites, they were able to look back at that rock memorial. And they were able to remember. They were able to look back at that rock memorial. And they were able to tell their kids, hey, it was at this place that God moved in our life. They were able to look at their grandkids and say, hey, it was at the Jordan River where, where God provided a path. And, and I believe in the same way that we put rocks down at the memorial, as a memorial back in the Jordan River some 3,500 years ago, that today we should still be putting rocks of, of remembrance down in our life. And, and we naturally do it. Here's the rocks of remembrance I would encourage us to do. I, I'll say three rocks of remembrance. Three rocks that you can see that they put down, three rocks that we can remember today. That, that the first rock is simply this. It, it's the rock of God's presence. That, that, that remember when they went and they grabbed this rock. They picked it up from where the Ark of the Covenant was. And the Ark of the Covenant is the place where God's presence resided. So they went to where the Ark of the Covenant. They went to where God's presence was. And they picked up a rock. And they placed the rock down saying this reminds us. Of the presence of God. Where in your marriage can you be reminded of the presence of God? I'll tell you one place I can think of. Your wedding date. Like, like just think about your wedding date. Think about your actual wedding. That, 
that many of us, not everybody in here, but many of us who got married on that wedding day at that wedding ceremony, we had a preacher in front of us, and somewhere in the service, the preacher said, before God and these people. Am I right? Right? Like, we can remember that. I know in every wedding I do. That, that I'll, as I'm doing the vows, as, a, as the groom is giving his vows to the bride, I wrap it up by saying, before God and these people. That we can all go back to our wedding date and we can remember the presence of God there. That God was with you on that day. And if he was with you on that day, then you can have confidence he's with you on the next day and the next day and the next day. And the next year, and the next year, that, that I want you to look into your marriage and say, we need to put down a rock of remembrance going, I remember that God was with us. That, that, that another rock that you can put down is a rock of provision. That you can remember that, that God has provided. I, I think a, an easy way to remember a, a rock of provision that God has provided in our marriage is our wedding band. Like, all you got to do is look down at your wedding band, and you know that God has provided you a spouse, that you are reminded just by your wedding band. It's a rock of remembrance. Think of your wedding date, the presence of God. Think of your wedding band as the provision of God that he's provided for you, that you have a spouse. And as you go through your marriage, you can think through all of the different ways God has provided. I'm just curious a little quiet in the crowd today, so I'm, I'm going to make you respond. How many of you all in your marriage have ever had a day where you were like, I don't know how we're going to make it? And I don't just mean in your marriage. I mean like, I don't know if there's going to be gas in the, in the car. I don't know if there's going to be food on the, the table. I don't know what's going to happen in this situation. Has anybody ever had a bad day in marriage? Right? Like, it's okay to admit it. Like, you've had days where you've worried, all right? That's part of marriage. But in, in that moment, we're all here today. We all made it. And we made it, I believe, because God has provided. And again, I can go back to Friday night. Chris and I were sitting there eating dinner, and we were just talking about how God has provided time and time again. And I want you, as a, as a couple... I want you to have an opportunity to just remember the places that God has provided. We're actually doing a thing this week, you know, with each week with our series uh, that we've tried to give you a practical thing to do. Uh, what, what we're doing this week, for those of you who are married or engaged at works, or if you've been dating for a while, all right? If you're on like your third date, this is not something I recommend, Okay. <laughs> But if you've been dating for a long time, uh, if you're engaged, but especially if you're married, we want everybody to go out on a rock date night, all right? That, that's the challenge, all right? Now, we're not going to pay for it. <laughs> that's on you. But, but what we've done is, is we've put together a packet. And, and in this packet, uh, there's some cards. There's one card that looks like this that's not folded. All right, and um, it's the only card that you can read today. 
Every other card is folded, just leaving the packet, all right? But, but this card is going to basically just tell you what to do, all right? And, and then it's going to tell you to kind of pick a place to, to go to eat and a time and, and kind of schedule your date. And then you just hold, and you take the packet with you to the restaurant, and while you're sitting there, as soon as you sit down, Open up the packet and pull out card number one. And card number one will tell you what to do, all right? So Chris and I, Friday night, we're sitting there, and I open up card number one. And I say, all right, let's talk about this. And it's going to walk you through, through the night. There's seven different cards. And it's going to walk you through an opportunity for you to be reminded of the presence of God in your marriage. It's going to remind you of the provision of God in your marriage. About how God has provided. It's just going to give you opportunities to remember how God has been there. So I want to challenge you to do that and do all seven cards, do them in the pace that it says, and once you get to card number seven, for those of you who are married, after that, it's up to you. No further instructions. But, but I want to challenge you to do that today. There's cards over by the, or packets over by the rock, packets up here, packets in the lobby. Because this packet is going to challenge you to remember how God has provided, to remember God's presence, but also to remember God's power. Because God has the power to work in your marriage. That God has, has powerfully worked in your marriage in the past, and God can powerfully work in your marriage in the present, and God can powerfully work in your marriage in the future. Uh, again, if you go back to this story, that they were reminded of the presence of God by the rock. They were reminded of the provision of God, that he provided a path through the waters. And they saw the power of God move in the way that he parted them. And in the same way that God moved back then, he can move in your life today. That the power of God can work through his presence as he provides a path for you to the promised land. That think about your marriage. That maybe your marriage is on some rough waters right now. That God through his power and his presence can provide a path to the promised land. That maybe your marriage is going great. Well, then what you're going to remember is that the power of God in his presence has provided a path. What I want to challenge you is no matter what is going on in life, allow God to work. Allow God to move. Allow God's power to be on display. And... and and this doesn't just go with your marriage. This doesn't just go for those who are dating. This goes in all areas. I want you to think about it. I've used marriage as the illustration today. But it's much larger than that. You've got an addiction. Well, allow the power of God through his presence to provide a path to the promised land. And anybody who's been sober for a while, they have a rock of remembrance. They can tell you the day they took their last drink. They can tell you the day they used last. They can tell you the day that everything changed. That they have rocks of remembrance. 
That, that, that for some of you, it, it's a path of sin. It's a path of lies. It's a path of stealing. And then all of a sudden you said, you know what? I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to try out God. And because you tried out God, the power of God has been on display in your life. And you can remember. Stephen, I don't have to look very further than just you. Because we talk about this all the time. That you're able to lay down a rock and say, through the power of God, he has provided a path. Amen. So, so whatever it is today, if you're thinking, man, God has just blessed me with a great marriage, then I want you to remember that. Go out on a date and remember the power of God in, on display. If you're here today and, and you've got some sin issues, I want you to, to take a step of faith and, and trust the power of God through his presence to provide a path of deliverance. If you're here today and you've never surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ, then, then I want you to take a step of faith and I want you to put down a rock of remembrance, a rock of remembrance in your life to say, on this day, I, my life was changed because of the power of God, that he provided a path for me to be made right. Guys, there's a couple rocks of remembrance we do every week here at The Rock. One of them is communion. That communion, we leave it up on the stage for anybody to, to take of it when you're ready. Because what communion does is it reminds you of the provision of God through Jesus Christ. And the power of the resurrection for a new life. So maybe today you're going to come up with your spouse and just take communion and, and be reminded of that. Baptism is something we do every week at The Rock. And I don't know if there's anybody scheduled today, but I, I firmly believe somebody's going to take a step of baptism today. And when that happens, here's what's going on. It's that person taking a step of faith and recognizing the power of God and the power of God to provide for them salvation through their faith. And what happens is every time that somebody takes a step of faith and then follows that up with baptism, what you're able to do is remember the power of God. November 1st, I remember the power of God. Debbie, I think maybe what we need to start doing is putting rocks over by the baptistry for people to be able to put down a rock of remembrance that that was the day that they said yes. So the challenge is simple. Take a step of faith today. Prepare, practice, and then do it by laying down a rock of remembrance. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to pray, and we're going to move into this time of response. Jesus, I pray that we've discovered through your word that you have the power change lives so Jesus help us to walk in that help us to take a step of faith today thank you for taking a step for us in your name amen
Let's spend some time responding. Married couples, people who've been dating a long time, pick up one of those packets. Anybody who's ready to respond to Christ, take a step of faith today. Let's do it.